Section six of the Sainted Queens. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Sainted Queens by Unknown. St. Margaret of Scotland. Chapter six. Queen Margaret feels a presentiment of her death. Malcolm goes to war with England and perishes. The Queen expires in Edinburgh Castle and is buried at Dunfermline. For nearly a quarter of a century, Scotland had enjoyed the benefit of Queen Margaret's example. It was a period of some prosperity for the country, occasionally dashed by reverses in war with the overwhelming force of England. Yet when compared with the sorrowful youth of the Queen, passed in a foreign land, and in a state of dependence on the goodwill of others, Margaret's married life may be accounted on the whole a fortunate time for her, in a worldly sense but the scene once more changes and the close of this holy lady's residence on earth is surrounded like her youth with gloom and storm her biographer has left us an affecting history of a conversation which she had with him some time before the end in which she spoke openly to him of her presentiment of an early death it was on an occasion when he was about to leave her to return to his monastery she talked to him of all that had befallen her in life, and as she spoke, her tears flowed freely. It was impossible to take part in such an interview without being moved to tears. They both of them wept, and for a time neither spoke. Then the queen resumed, bidding her spiritual adviser farewell. I shall not be long in this world, she said, and you will survive me many years. Two requests I have to make. I beg you, never to forget my soul in your masses and your prayers, and that you will love and care for my children, and will teach them to fear and to love God. If hereafter you should observe any of them too much elated with their high position, you will advise them, and if necessary, reprove them, as a father and a teacher, dissuading them from offending their God by a love of money, and from the neglect of eternal happiness for the sake of earthly prosperity." these things i beg you will promise me to do as in the presence of god who is listening as a third person to our conversation the good monk gave her his promise through his tears and they parted forever in this world the son of the conqueror now reigned in england and malcolm took advantage of what seemed a favourable moment to renew the war on the border a short interval of peace ensued but a presumed invasion of scottish rights and Cumberland again brought Malcolm into the field, in opposition to the express wish of St. Margaret, who, it seems, had a foresight of coming disasters. The Queen, meanwhile, removed for security to the castle of Edinburgh, a fortified stronghold, owing its origin to Edwin, the consort of St. Paulinus. A severe attack of illness left behind it a chronic weakness, from which she never rallied, at first she was compelled to forego her favorite exercise of riding on horseback later she could seldom leave her bed this state of languor continued for rather more than six months four days before she breathed her last she appeared sadder than usual and remarked to her attendants that perhaps that day a greater calamity had befallen scotland than at any former period they paid no particular attention to what she said until a day or two later news arrived that the king had perished then they remembered too how she had laboured to dissuade her husband from this fatal expedition 
on the fourth day after she had made this remark she revived a little and was able to attend mass in her oratory where she received for the last time the most sacred body of our lord scarcely was the service over when she became much worse and was put to bed it was evident that her end was very near her face was deadly pale and while the ministers of religion stood around she entreated them to commend her soul to christ she sent for the black cross which she had always especially venerated it was placed in her hands and she kept looking at it kissing it and signing her face with it her hands and feet had become quite cold still she prayed audibly repeating the psalm miseriae from beginning to end holding the cross in both hands at this critical moment her son edgar arrived from the seat of war with the first intelligence of disaster entering his mother's chamber he found a scene even more heart-rending than he had left behind the queen who seemed as if every moment might be her last suddenly collected her strength and asked her son for his father and his brother edward he feared to tell her the whole dreadful truth and tried to evade her inquiries by answering that they were well with a deep sigh she replied i know it all my son i know it all i adjure you by this holy cross by your near relationship to tell me the whole truth it was impossible for him to resist such an appeal the young prince informed his mother that his father and his brother edward had fallen in the neighbourhood of alnwick four days ago and had been carried to tynemouth for interment the dying queen's reply was a memorable one raising her eyes and her hands to heaven she exclaimed i return thee praise and thanks almighty god for inflicting on me so grievous a calamity in my last moments it is the effect of thy will to purify me by bearing it from some sinful imperfections death was now rapidly advancing the thoughts of the saint reverted to the sacred mysteries of religion with which the habits of her lifetime had made her familiar her last thoughts were expressed in the words of the prayer and the liturgy immediately before the communion o lord jesus christ who by the will of thy father and the cooperation of the holy spirit hast given life to the world by thy death deliver me her prayer was not finished on earth with the words deliver me on her lips the weary pilgrim passed to her everlasting communion with the author and the finisher of her faith her spirit returned to god so peacefully and so serenely as to leave no doubt in the minds of her attendants that she had exchanged labor for rest her exile on earth for her heavenly home the excessive paleness of her countenance was succeeded by a rosy flush such as those who loved her had sometimes seen there while she was asleep and even now they could hardly think that she was dead the day was the sixteenth of november ten ninety three and the number of her years was only forty-six a few days after the queen's holy departure her precious body was carried to dunferline amidst the tears and lamentations of her family and of the whole nation and was interred near the altar of the holy cross in the abbey church which she had founded and there to use the language in which her biographer with much pathos concludes her beautiful story there she rested in the place which had so long witnessed her painful watchings her prayers and her tears end of chapter six of saint margaret of scotland end of section six